1: This
2: is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. On
1: his way to the end zone. I'll tell you what, that was a spectacular play. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. What a play! Off to the races! Touchdown! Oh, he's done it again. Now
2: here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, Heath, and Beck.
0: How do you do a Week 16 tough calls episode when the entire league feels like a tough call right now? And. Every important Kansas City Chief, except for Mahomes, uh, that's a little bit of an overstatement, is on the COVID list. Uh, We're going to talk about it right now on Fantasy Football Today. Welcome, everyone, and congratulations if you won yesterday. If you didn't win, and you're done, and you're still listening or watching, that is dedication, and congratulations to you for being so awesome. Adam, Dave, and Heath breaking down some Week 16 Tough Calls, plus uh, the two games from last night. And what we thought about the Rams-Seahawks game, the Eagles football team game. I have a trivia question to start it off. If you know the answer, please do not answer. Give the audience some time to think about it. Who was the last wide receiver to win NFL MVP? Jerry Rice.
1: Dave? It's the only name I could think of. Okay. Unless it's somebody from, like, I don't know. 2030 well, obviously 20, but 30-plus year years ago? Uh,
0: the answer is it has never happened.
1: That's what I was also thinking.
0: The only player with WR in his name that has won the MVP was Lawrence Taylor. He is the closest thing to a wide receiver <laughs> that has ever won the MVP. Um, Cooper Cup's got a chance. He is so good. Is he going to – he's not on a 16-game no. pace to he break – Calvin Johnson's record. My question was, is he going to break Calvin Johnson's record? Probably. In 17 games, he'd be pretty close. Let's see. one. And I don't
1: like how far away is he?
0: Uh, in 17 games, he would he would beat it. He, he has, he'd be on pace for 1,973 yards. Calvin's record was, do you know what off the top of your head? 1964. Okay, so I, he'd beat it, but not in 16.
2: A lot of people seem to want to put asterisks on this and say, yeah, but it's 17 games. They played 14 games for like what 30 years or something, Mm -hmm. and then they changed it to 16 games. We don't have asterisks on all the 16 game records, it's the record's the record. Oh, yeah, that's fine. He's so he's he's in on pace to break the record.
1: Uh, he has been so good. He's he's is he the fantasy MVP? You can definitely make the case for him to be the fantasy MVP. I
2: think right now it's probably between Taylor because Taylor's been just the only running back who didn't suck. Um, Cup, Mark Andrews is 100% in the conversation. Um, That's probably it. Three-horse race. Cooper Cup is 5.7 fantasy points per
0: game better than, 5.6, than Devontae Adams and Debo Samuel,
2: who are number two per game. I mean, he is crushing the field. How much do the next two weeks matter in the fantasy MVP discussion? A lot, I'd say. You gotta come you're, through. You're what gonna wait it towards the playoffs. Yeah, I think so. You gotta, you gotta come through. What? Speaking it of the playoffs, did you notice in the emails that we got about our matchups, which I haven't got to those yet either, um, for my leagues that I'm commissioning? there. The six seed beat the one seed in almost every league that I'm in. Oh, the three seed beat the three. Yeah. The Six beat the three in almost every league that I'm in.
0: That also happened in the podcast league. You didn't see the email because I didn't get sent, but that also happened in the podcast league. So, who
2: did the six seed beat the three in the four of the people league?
0: there's no such thing as a six seed in the for the people league okay let's get started with today's show rams 20 and seahawks 10 rams had the ball for 35 minutes and six seconds by the way the eagles in their game had the ball for 35 minutes and 17 seconds so lopsided time of possession games there uh heath the Hmm. seahawks the seahawks offense are you optimistic about them facing the Bears next week? Wilson, nope. Metcalf, Lockett, Penny.
2: No, why not? Um, well, for Penny, it's because the Bears' run defense is very, very good when Akeem Hicks plays. He is a, a monster of a man who is also an exceptional athlete and a joy to watch. But I, So I'm scared of Penny because of the matchup. I'm scared of Metcalf because of the last two months of my life. <laughs> I'm scared of Wilson because of almost the entirety of 2021. And I'm scared of Lockett because he's still on the COVID list. All right. Yeah. If Lockett comes back though. Would, if they have, they come- have a bad offense that runs 50 plays a game. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't know if we've talked, because normally you think with a big outlier like this, it will change. But Jacksonville and Houston, obviously two of the worst teams in football. Have run the second and third fewest plays. They've both basically run ten percent more plays than Seattle.
0: Oh yeah, I talk about it all the time. They're last it's in possession. They're last in plays. Difference. And I think it's because they're they're a toward the bottom in third down conversions. They're just awful on third down. Now, do we give Dave? Do we give Metcalf a pass for two reasons? One, he got shadowed by Jalen Ramsey. And for the two, last two months, uh, just hold on. And two Jalen
2: Ramsey's just been traveling around the country yes, he's in DK his head Metcalf, wherever he goes, he's in his head. He
0: was looking ahead. He's like, I'm gonna get shadowed by Jalen Ramsey in two <laughs> months. Oh no. And the fact that he could have had a huge game if Wilson didn't underthrow him on a deep ball.
1: No, he he gets no pass. Okay. Okay. This was the all in fact, if anything, he should get roasted even more. This was his opportunity. He had 12 targets, even if he's getting shadowed by Jalen Ramsey he should be able to average more than 10 yards per catch and do better than a 50% catch rate against Jalen Ramsey, especially if you are who you say you are, and that is one of the best top receivers in the National Football League. Yeah. And he hasn't been that. Heath's already said it for a while. No pass.
0: All right, Dave. Is Daryl Henderson... Uh, sorry, is Sony Michelle the guy? Just 18 carries to 6 for Daryl Henderson?
1: Yeah, I still I don't have the snap rates yet. They might be on the game book, but I uh, I just I think that he's probably the one that fantasy managers will gravitate toward. We shouldn't have any question about which Rams running back to like moving forward. And now I think you'll you'll like Sony Michelle against Minnesota. It's not the easiest matchup in the world, of course, but I think that he'll be okay.
0: Is he ahead of Rashad Penny next week?
1: Yes. Okay.
0: Uh, Sonny Michelle played 48 of 66 snaps, and Daryl Henderson played 18. So it looks like things have changed there. Cup was great. Beckham and Jefferson were not, and Stafford was not. He only threw 29 passes, 21 of 29, 244, 2-1. Two I mean, not that bad of a game. Uh, 19 fantasy points. I'm I'm assuming that got him in the top 12 or pretty close this week. Oh, probably top 10. Uh, Yeah, so I don't think there's concerns there. Minnesota has been just awful against the pass, so set up for success next week. What do you make of the bad game from Cup and Jefferson, Heath? I'm sorry.
2: Uh, (laughs) uh, Beckham and Jefferson.
0: Beckham and Jefferson.
2: We talked about this on the stream last night, um, about how Van Jefferson should not be viewed as someone with a very good floor because of like he was just reliant on one big play every week, and he finally had a week where he didn't have the big play. I don't know that much really changes for him. I still think he's a boom-bust wide receiver three like he was last week. Um, I thought Beckham was more of a number 2 wide receiver, and now it looks like he kind of belongs in that boom-bust category with Jefferson, but I still prefer Beckham to
1: Jefferson. It felt like to me that the Rams were attacking the middle of the field. I think about a lot of the targets for Cup and Skronik, I just think that that's where they were trying to make plays. They didn't really want to mess with the perimeter game against Seattle. And... Seattle doesn't really, Seattle's pretty good against wide
0: receivers. I mean, Cooper Cup's a different beast, but Seattle, that's their strength. They're, they stink against running backs in the passing game and tight ends. But this is, I think, maybe more of just Seattle only scored 10 points and the Rams just kind of went run heavy and threw 29 times and five combined targets for Beckham and Jefferson. That's never good. Uh, all right, Philadelphia 27, Washington 17. I said this on FFT and five. It was. The best I've ever seen Jalen Hurts look. He was incredible. The interception on the opening drive was obviously not his fault. Totally fluky. The fumble was bad. It was a bad play. But this guy was completely locked in. And I guess if there were one thing that I'm... Only 39 rushing yards, I think, right? Um, Which is way below what he had been at before the ankle injury. Uh, 38 rushing yards. He had been at uh, 55 or more in six straight games, but I can't really say anything bad about him. He looked great. Uh, Heath, give me your thoughts on the Eagles, and then Dave, you can talk about Washington.
2: Um, it was fantastic to see Miles Sanders dominate the way he did early in this game. It was disappointing that they rested him in the fourth quarter like they did, but they said he said that they were just trying to keep him healthy. I would like it if Miles Sanders could score a touchdown this season. But I think you feel comfortable with him as a number two running back. You feel comfortable with Hertz as a number one quarterback. Dallas Goddard looked like a superstar tight end. Uh, Devontae Smith remains a boom bust number three wide receiver. Can, can we? Been, why, like, when do we take the word boom out? I he's mean, not a
1: number three wide receiver. Like, he's just been. I'm trash. not
0: because yeah, this was such I a know. great game for Hertz, and he can't, he did nothing.
2: Well, it was a great game for. Eh. Yes, Hertz had what two rushing touchdowns? Yeah,
0: two hundred and ninety-six yards.
2: Yeah, and I like. I understand that you guys value the last four weeks a lot more than I do. Five weeks ago. He had 66 yards and two touchdowns. I, six weeks ago, he had 160 16 yards and a touchdown. All right, uh, fine. I'm not How going about to this? take the boom out of his name because of one month.
0: No, it's not that. Can you take the it's, boom out of DK
2: Metcalf's name.
0: It's the fine. It's the last seven. It's the last. No, first of all, Metcalf's had a much more accomplished career than Devontae Smith. It's the last seven games that he has played with Jalen Hurts since they changed their offense and went extremely run heavy. He does not have more than six targets in any of those games. I don't think. Maybe more one. than four
1: catches in one of those games. He's a but sit. he can still be a boom bust wide receiver with
2: six targets. Van Jefferson Plus, probably I, I, has average six targets. He's a boom bust better. wide receiver. More likely to boom or bust. Bust. Um, probably more likely to bust. I think most boom bust wide receivers are. I I think Dave and I are. Pretty disappointed.
0: Like, I'm so disappointed because Hurts plays so well with 296 passing yards, and I just would have thought more would have been to Devontae Smith, who had
1: a chance at a touchdown, couldn't come down, and that was a really tough play to make. Pretty good evidence that this game this game is pretty good evidence that Dallas Goddard is the real number one receiver in Philadelphia. All right.
0: and uh, So one disappointing thing for Antonio Gibson, he's dealing with this toe injury he had i believe 20 of his 26 rushing yards on the first drive of the game and he came off the field a, a decent amount including on a touchdown drive where Jarrett patterson got the touchdown no reason why it should not have been antonio gibson but he's got this toe issue that's i'm assuming the only reason he was off the field uh so
1: dave how he much he played did, 78% of the snaps
0: yeah, yeah i mean it, i'm i'm telling you it could have been more but he did he did have to leave the game and get treated a little
2: bit here but, but we he, did he had have, six catches like- We've had times in the past where J.D. McKissick scored the rushing touchdown on a short yardage play when Gibson was fine. This is not the first time it's happened to Gibson.
0: It's true, but but I'm t- but i um, he did deal with the toe injury. I'm not lying. Yes. I'm not making this up. So, what's your trust level in Gibson? But by the way, that's a recurring issue for him. What's your trust level in him next week at Dallas on Sunday night, Dave?
1: I'm good with him as a number two fantasy running back. For him to have. The opportunities that he had, I, I love the targets and the catches. I'm not going to be able to overlook that. Now that I know that he's got a chance to replicate that with J.D. McKissick on the shelf, there's just I I wish they had been doing that all year long. Then there'd be no trepidation in starting Gibson at all.
0: He's basically and, Josh and they've Jacobs, done it
2: pretty much for the last month. Like he's got seven, six, two, seven targets over the last month. I I've got Gibson in my top twelve right now.
0: He's been, he's Josh Jacobs, right? I mean, pretty similar setup.
1: Yep. It's a great way to put it. Okay.
0: Yeah, McKissick on IR in case you missed that news. And Terry McLaurin with uh, 51 yards on two catches. I believe he had a 46-yard catch. It was on Darius Slay who was basically glued to McLaurin when Les McLaurin lined up in the slot. So you had Ramsey taking away Metcalf. You had Slay taking away McLaurin. Unfortunate stuff there. And I would say two almost touchdowns for tight ends in this game. Ricky Seals-Jones was kind of open in the end zone, and John Bates came up a yard or two short. Uh, so the Eagles, this close to giving up a touchdown to a tight end. All right, I think that's about it. Jordan Howard, 23% rostered, maybe a little bit light in non- or half PPR. If you want an edge while setting your DFS lineups, you got to check out the Fantasy Football Today DFS podcast with Frank Stample, Mike McClure, and Sia Najad. Episodes drop on Tuesdays and Thursdays. You get cash analysis, GPP analysis. That is the Fantasy Football Today DFS podcast wherever you listen to this show. And by the way, if you're listening on Spotify, you can now leave a rating. We would really much appreciate that. Please leave a five-star rating on Spotify if you enjoy the show. News and notes. Heath, uh, can you suit
2: up for the Chiefs this week? No. No. Yeah, okay. no and and they still have plenty of players i today will be the interesting day i think if if there's another six or seven chiefs that go on the covid list today then w- we have to start thinking pretty seriously about uh maybe some Tuesday night football.
0: How did you feel but did you like Tuesday night football?
1: no <laughs> no not way. at all. It <laughs> destroys my week exactly like we've we've we are creatures of habit during the football season and I mean I'm sitting here right now still trying to fine-tune my rankings and it's kind of chaotic. It's Wednesday at nine o'clock. My rankings are not published. My right. tight end
2: preview is not done. It's a, it's kind of a disaster. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, guys.
0: Um I right, well let's not, end, not let's...
2: sorry, yes. Yeah. Sorry, you guys who are checking for the rankings and checking for the content. We'll get it up. I don't oh. need any do sympathy.
0: Okay. Well, should we just end the show? Let you guys no. get back. All
2: right. No, not at all. All right.
0: So so we got Tyreek Hill. We got Travis Kelsey, also backup tight end Blake Bell, starting linebacker Nick Bolton, kicker Harrison Bucker, cornerback Rashad Fenton, starting offensive tackle Lucas Niang, hope I said that right, cornerback Charvarius Ward. A lot of guys on the COVID list for the Chiefs as they play the Steelers this week. Elijah Mitchell will be a game-time decision for the Thursday game at Tennessee. Deontay Foreman has a foot or an ankle issue, but he practiced in full, so he's good to go, it looks like. Uh, MVS is on the reserve COVID list. So right now, do you think Alan Lazard is a waiver-wire priority against Cleveland?
1: Yeah, he's probably right where we would have had MVS, maybe a little behind him as the waiver-wire priorities go, which would make him a third among wide receivers. I'd rather pick up St. Brown. Definitely would rather pick up Gabriel Davis. All right. Cole Beasley, speaking of Gabriel Davis, Cole Beasley is on the COVID list, and he's out
0: this week. James Conner practice with a heel injury. They have a Saturday game against the Colts. Leonard Fournette likely out for the rest of the regular season, and Le'Veon Bell in the fold now. Is anybody uh, adding Le'Veon Bell?
2: Tampa Bay. <laughs> okay. No. Um, it I like this does not matter for fan, Le'Veon Bell's fantasy value, but it put it's a negative sign for Ronald Jones. I think. Just passing what down his work. It, that a big part of Leonard Fournette's appeal is that he was getting five to seven targets every week, and they hate Ronald Jones in the passing game so much that they want Levy Bell on their team. Well, they got to sign somebody, right? I mean, they got to bring in some depth. Maybe, you know? maybe. I mean, I, I thought it was a bad sign they threw to Keyshawn Vaughn so much when he was so obviously not ready last week. Maybe, maybe Bell won't be activated, or I don't know. Maybe it doesn't matter. Maybe they're going to throw it to Ronald Jones.
0: I, I'm not saying you're wrong, just... I don't think so. Yeah. Uh, all right, and they're facing Carolina, and they will be facing Carolina without Levante David, starting linebacker. And he is going to miss two to four weeks, and they kind of struggled against the run in two games without him. I think it's two to four weeks. He might he might be back for, for the playoffs, but... Uh, they played two games without Levante, David, Philadelphia, and Chicago. Miles Sanders barely had any work. He had a good yards per carry. But Khalil Herbert had 100 yards rushing against them. So he's a he's a very important player for Tampa Bay. I don't think you're starting Chuba Hubbard, though. Uh, what else here, guys? Oh, Miami not committing to a running back. That's awesome. I guess it clear, clears things up well, a little bit. What, Dave? Predictable. Yeah. Um, that's it. And... The Eagles became the first team with 175 or more rushing yards in seven straight games since, Dave, since a team that you were probably very fond of. Your favorite football team ever.
1: Dave, what do you think? What's your favorite Uh, football team? You're you're trying to say it's the Bears? It's the
0: 85 Bears. Mm.
2: That was the first Super Bowl I ever watched. Oh. I started off cheering for the Bears, and by halftime, they were killing them so bad that I felt bad and started cheering for the Patriots <laughs> to score or do something.
1: Dave, what was the first Super Bowl you ever watched? I remember losing a dollar to my dad on Super Bowl nineteen. I don't know who was in Super Bowl nineteen.
0: 49ers and the Dolphins. Oh. That was 1984? January 84? No, 5, I
1: think. Yes. Um, okay. The 84 season.
0: Yeah, and uh, my first Super Bowl was Bills-Giants. I think that's why I became a Giants fan, so
1: thanks for nothing. Week 16, tough calls. Does that mean that you were a field goal away from being a Bills fan? No,
0: probably from being a Jets fan, my guess. So actually,
1: Well, then they <laughs> saved you quite a bit of it. Yeah. Heartache.
0: because <laughs> my older brother's a diehard Jets fan, and I—I'm sure I would have been a Jets fan, but I think I probably fell in love with the Giants that day. It was a, it was a good, a good outcome. All right, uh, Brady against Carolina—is this a tough call for you
2: guys? Let's we'll start with that, Heath. It a little bit, but it's not a tough call in that I'm considering starting a streamer over him. I guess if you've been to carrying two quarterbacks and like the one that might be a really tough call is Jalen Hurts. If you had Hurts and Brady on your roster, I might consider going with Hurts. I mean, I prefer Herbert um, Stafford as somebody I guess you could have with Brady. How do you even go about doing projections for this
0: game when we've never seen him without Godwin and Evans with Antonio Brown and Rob Gronkowski?
2: Yeah, Um you just project a lot of targets for Antonio Brown and Rob Gronkowski and a decreased efficiency for Tom Brady. is what I did. And I projected more rush attempts and fewer pass attempts.
0: Yeah. There were four games last year where he had just one wide receiver, just Evans, basically, because Godwin missed the games. I'm, I'm, I think it was all Godwin missing the games. And in those four games, he scored 10 points against the Panthers, 42 points against the Chargers, 16 at the Bears. 23 at the Giants, so one solid game, two bad games, one huge game. I don't really know what to make of that. Uh, you guys are working on your rankings right now. Dave, is Tom Brady going to be
1: in the top ten? Is he going to be the top first? is going to be in the top five, and then is he going to be in the top ten? He is not in the top five. My top five as of right now can definitely change. Is Rogers, Herbert, Hertz, Stafford, and Josh Allen? After that, uh, Brady is in that next group of five. But so is Tyler Huntley and Joe Burrow. I think, I, I think this, this is going to be a real. You're going to have some tough calls to make at quarterbacks across the board. Like if you if you look at your lineup and you've got Stafford in there, or obviously Aaron Rodgers, Justin Herbert, thank your lucky stars. Like you, you don't have to worry about anything with your quarterback position. Don't have to sweat it one bit. But Huntley, you got to sweat out Lamar Jackson playing, and then you've got to sweat out Huntley playing well against Cincinnati. Burrow's been terrible for the past several weeks for fantasy, but this is a matchup that seems very favorable to him. So I think that he's kind of an easier guy to trust. Dak has been terrible. Mahomes doesn't have his top two options, and he's played poorly for you know most of the last two months with those guys. So okay. there, there are going to be a lot of tough calls, and there aren't a lot of great streamers. So right now that- you have Huntley over Brady? I have Brady over Huntley by oh, one spot. Okay. I have Huntley over Brady currently. <laughs> wow. I get it. I completely get it. Oh, boy.
0: And I guess, do you think that this is a huge question here is do you think Antonio Brown just comes back in, plays a bunch of snaps, you know, yes. 80% or more, and is, you know, and is Brown?
1: Oh, uh, and is, see, that's the thing. I think he comes back. I think he plays 80% of the snaps, but I, I'm not sure he's going to be Brown. Immediately. Okay. It's been three games. He's been suspended for, and he didn't play a lot before then. Huge question mark.
0: Let's go to Dak Prescott as a week 16 tough call. He will face Washington. They give up the most fantasy points to quarterbacks. They just gave up 28 to Jalen Hurts, but they gave up 11 to Dak Prescott just two weeks ago. Uh, Worth noting that they lost, uh, Washington lost cornerback William Jackson to an injury last night. They were already playing without Fuller, who was on the COVID list. Hopefully they can get him back, but it's now three straight games, four out of five for Dak Prescott with 13 or fewer fantasy points and six per passing touchdown leagues. In his last five games since returning from a calf injury, he is averaging nine rushing yards per game, so he's giving you nothing there. He is also averaging 41.2 pass attempts per game, but with a 2.4%
2: touchdown rate. Um, anyway, Heath, start or sit Dak Prescott? Well, I think you can probably guess by the last stat that you gave <laughs> how I'm going to feel about Dak Prescott. If you tell me he's got a 2.4% touchdown rate over the past five weeks, what am I going to say? Start him. Touchdown regression. I will start Dak over both Mahomes and Brady right now. I would start him over Tyler Huntley. Wow.
1: Okay. I mean, exact opposite.
0: Oh, all right. Go on.
1: Well, he's been brutal. His offensive line hasn't protected him very well. The run game was okay. I think Pollard is the key to that run game now more so than Zeke. And he was having a hard time making splash plays with his receivers, not just last week, but over much of the past six weeks, I'd kind of estimate. So
0: I'd say five. I think he missed the game six weeks ago.
1: Fine. Yeah. So really since then, how great has he been? No, that's, he's been bad. <laughs>
2: his, his, so you his, just think Dak Prescott's bad now?
0: No, he has been bad for fantasy. His 16-game pace in that stretch is 4,022 yards, nope. 16 touchdowns, 16 interceptions.
2: So, right, he's on a pace for 4,000 yards.
0: Yeah, He's not throwing touchdowns. But he's also not running, and he's throwing a lot of interceptions.
1: And Dallas is starting to feel like the type of team that's going to win with its defense. Yeah, they've been a little conservative. Not blow teams out. Like, do you think they're gonna score twenty seven points against Washington?
2: Uh, Kind of
0: short week for Washington. I mean
2: that is true. And that's this is where I get in trouble because their implied point total is twenty eight and point two five. So
1: yeah. So you think they can get there? Okay. I mean, so I, what's their implied point total been the last five games? I I do not have Vegas. that, but
2: probably pretty close to that. It's the same thing that happened with the Chiefs when Patrick Mahomes was not playing very well. Vegas never stopped believing they were one of the best offenses in the league, and yeah. I think that's a better measure of what they're going to do than what they've done in the last couple of weeks. Why? It's, Why though? You, I, that's so interesting. I'm not. I'm not saying you're wrong, but you really do rely
0: on Vegas. I even mean, though you call them Vegas, which is fine. Um, 100 because
2: – and it, it's – I will – it will be different on Sunday day. morning. And I think that will be an even more accurate number than currently. Maybe it comes down to 27 or goes up to 29. But that number is correlated with the number of points a team scores. Betting markets are efficient. They're not perfectly efficient. They're not always right. But – I believe in them more than I believe in what's happened the past month.
1: Okay. And just so you know, in the past months, past month, 21 points against the Giants, 27 against Washington. That was a game that Dak only had 11 fantasy points, but they got to 27. 27 against the Saints, 33 against Vegas. Notice how I pronounce that. <laughs> I think that this is a team that is scoring but, right Dave, around 28 points per game. Where so are, the, it's,
0: are there any defensive touchdowns? I think. Uh, of course there are.
1: Yeah. Yeah. More importantly, like how many games? And I can just go and look this up. How many games has Dak Prescott had with, you know, three hundred yards and two touchdowns in that span?
0: Oh, uh, one, and that was the Raiders game. Mm -hmm. He's had two hundred and thirty-eight or fewer yards in the other four games. Now, look, I think he had some some pretty good excuses. Kansas City and Las Vegas, he had no Cooper, and for you know three fourths of those games, he had no Lamb. Mm -hmm. Then the then the New Orleans game. He barely had Cooper. Cooper was pretty limited. It's really the last two weeks that jump out. What the hell is going on? You throw 39 times against Washington, you score 11 points. 37 times against the Giants, you score 12 points. Just He's, not, he's off. I mean, we talked about this on Sunday, right? It's like every quarterback's gone through their slump. And this feels like Dax. But I, I can't imagine he's not going to be in the top
1: 12 with the state of the quarterback. He's in my top 12. Yeah.
0: All right, so Dave's just a little bit lower. He says he's a must start. Let's go to our next guy here. Uh, let's go to Clyde Edwards-Elair against Pittsburgh. And with all the moving parts for Kansas City, he's an interesting mm-hmm. guy. Pittsburgh, right now, they are they are certainly up there as having the worst run defense in football. Mike Tomlin said they got a lot of young guys on the line who are struggling with their gap integrity. They're just mm-hmm. not in the right spots. Um, Getting pushed around. Yep, yeah, I and mean, they've lost. They've had basically two of their top defensive interior linemen out for the season. Almost all of the season. So it's catching up to them. Dave, I'll give you the first word on Clyde Edwards E'Laire coming off a disappointing game with 50 total yards against uh, the Chargers.
1: Starter sit. He's a start. I think he's a I think you start him as a number two fantasy running back. The matchup is too good, and the Chiefs' offense is depleted. And if it stays that way, then it it should lead to good opportunities for both Edwards E'Laire and Darryl Williams. Williams has been getting the high-value touches. He's been working a lot in the short yardage area near the goal line and on passing downs more so than Edwards Hilaire. But Edwards Hilaire should lead the way in terms of carries, and I think he can find his way to 100 total yards in the game. The Steelers, you mentioned how bad they are. This is the set that blows me away, and this is this is the Pittsburgh Steelers. They've allowed 415 rush yards to running backs in their last two games. Now, one was against Minnesota. Everybody watched that game and the Vikings run game put on a clinic there, but the Titans did too just last Sunday. Yes, they did. Heath, how much
0: changes for you if Kelsey and Hill play or one of them play? How how much has that changed Clyde Edwards-Eler?
2: Well, he'd probably go from a top 12 running back, maybe down to a top 15 or top 18 running back. But I think he'll be pretty close to a must start regardless. It's a good matchup. I think Jacob Gibbs tweeted out yesterday that he ran a route on 68% of Mahomes' dropbacks, which was close to a season high. His snap rate was the highest since week one. He had a bad game. I think he was a little bit unfortunate. He's a must, really close to a must start running back for me.
0: Okay. We're going to take a break, and when we come back, we'll talk about Gabriel Davis. Only 32% rostered as of right now. Great opportunity. Let me Wait till you hear how touchdowns and targets correlate for Gabriel Davis so far in his young career, and we'll be right back on Fantasy Football today.
1: Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half.
0: Gabriel Davis facing the Patriots with no Cole Beasley, and still we don't know about Emmanuel Sanders. In four games this season with five or more targets, he's caught a touchdown in every one of them. Last year, he had six games with five or more targets, and he caught a touchdown in half of those, three of the six. So that's uh, pretty impressive. Maybe fluky, but pretty impressive. Uh, Dave, Gabriel Davis. It seems like you're pretty excited about him this week at New England, but the Patriots are really good against wide receivers really good
1: if you can catch a touchdown against the patriots in gale force wins then you can at least be a consideration to start as a number three receiver against the patriots this week and that's what the situation is for gabriel davis he's their number two receiver it's going to be a little bit of a challenge for the patriots now because he's been playing so well he's going to draw attention and coverage so too will stefan Diggs. which guy gets the double team in the red zone I think that that's going to be an interesting dilemma that the Patriots are going to have to work through. And I, I don't mind trusting him, even though he's going up against Belichick and company as a number 3 receiver this week. If it was a weaker opponent, he'd not only be a top 24 guy, he might be closer to like 18 as a surefire number 2 type of fantasy wideout. I love the way that he's playing, love the opportunity that he's getting. You know what the deal is with the Bills' run game and how that's struggled. I, I think that Gabriel Davis can actually come through again for fantasy managers and he's trustworthy as a number three guy.
2: That's it. Heath, just number three. Uh, I think I've got him top 25. I, I'm starting him. Okay.
0: Let's see. I got a stat here for you. Um, Somewhere in their last five, six games. No wide receiver has more than 51 yards against the Patriots is wild they have not faced a lot of good ones they face dj moore russell gage they face the bills in that weather game cleveland tennessee and the colts um so it's been tough you know easier competition but 51 yards no more than 51 yards to receiver in six straight games all right look forward to talking about that one later in the week would you start gabriel davis or our next tough call dj moore against tampa bay
2: I think they're both inside my top 20, but I would probably start DJ Moore over Gabriel Davis. Um, not a, not a tough call? To, uh, not a tough call? I mean, it. it's so hard to say when there's four teams left. You could very easily have three wide receivers that make DJ Moore a tough call. You could have Hunter Renfro and Antonio Brown, Russell Gage, T. Higgins, Christian Carter, Parker, Brandon Cooks. Like, there's lots of. I wouldn't put Parker in that range with Waddleback, but yeah, I mean, there's lots of wide receivers that you could have that could make him a tough call. But as I mean, he's basically been a number two wide receiver for most of the season. I think he's probably going to get close to what seven eight nine targets and if he scores a touchdown he'll be great if he doesn't he'll be a number three
0: so this is what i know heath and i would disagree <laughs> uh you look at the first four games of the year sam darnold threw for 279 305 304 and 301 passing yards and you saw what dj moore could be with a good quarterback he's elite but since then, the last 10 games, they've had a dreadful passing game. And that's really what I look at here. Because in those 10 games, per game, he's number 47 in non-PPR and number 37 in full PPR per game. And in, with Cam Newton, they're averaging... Well, Cam Newton, P.J. Walker, the last four games, they're averaging 194 passing yards per game. So I think but when you call him four- a number two receiver for most of the year... You're really weight Those first four games are really weighted in there. And he is exactly 23rd per game in both formats. Those I first assume, four games bring
2: it up a lot. I would assume he's been top 15 or top 20 the last month. I didn't, Since Cam Newton became the starter, he's gone 16, 14, 14, 10.
0: Yeah. So he's been good. I didn't get a chance to run those numbers, but he has been good. But I'm worried about it because he's got, he does have a 29% target share. He has thirty-seven percent of their receiving yards. It just feels like it just feels tenuous to me because their their passing game is so bad. And but they I, yeah. they run the ball into the end zone, you know? Yeah. And then there's yeah. Tampa Bay. Then then there's the matchup. You know, the matchup is tough for me. Tampa Bay's been up and down. It's uh, tough for me to evaluate. They've been very up and down. Lately they haven't been good against wide receivers, but they just had about an eight game stretch where they were very good against wide receivers. So that's why to me this is a tough call with Moore.
2: Go ahead. I I think if we just like I don't think the matchup matters or it doesn't matter for my projections. Tampa Bay is not one of the best defenses against the past. They're not one of the worst defenses against the past. They're somewhere in that 80% of teams that are in the middle. Um, They might be good in this game. They might be bad. We don't know. DJ Moore is an elite wide receiver with this current quarterback. He has been a starting wide receiver for his career. He's been a starting wide receiver He had a really terrible stretch in the middle of the season where Sam Darnold was awful. Um, I I don't really have much question about DJ Moore. He might be bad, but I can't find anything to be that concerned about.
1: Dave? I like him much better in full PPR just because of the, the talent that he has and the target opportunity that he has that I... I wish it was even more. I, I wish that he was getting more targets from Newton and Walker, but I, I definitely struggle with him in half PPR and non PPR, but still probably carries upside enough of which that makes him a low end number two receiver.
0: Uh, yeah, you gotta love the 29% target share since Cam Newton became the quarterback. Right. Big, it's big it's, time. It,
1: the, the problem is the quarterback. It has nothing to do with the player player is great, but, to be a great receiver, you kind of need a great quarterback. But has the quarterback been a problem the last month? Yes, compared to the start of the
2: season, Jay Moore.
0: Yes, Absolutely. the only thing that's saving him is the is the target share. I just told you they're averaging 194 passing yards per game, and they've thrown four but, touchdowns but it's not been in a four games. Problem for his
2: fantasy production? He's been good the last month
0: because yeah, yeah, because of the target share. That's what that because he's yeah because he's getting a ton of targets but that's why I just think any time you have a passing game this bad it's a little concerning you know
1: DJ yeah. Moore should be a top 10 receiver in fantasy yes he should, he, he th- we don't disagree on the talent he's awesome so what's holding him back if it's not the talent well, i i understand that he's not been
2: as good as he should be because of his quarterback play for pretty much his entire career but that does not made him a not a starting quarterback, a no, wide receiver. He's still been a starting wide receiver with bad quarterback play for pretty much his entire career.
0: Yeah, he has. Uh, but I think uh, you said a lot of names that you could start over him.
2: You know. Yeah, those guys are all on my top fifteen at wide receiver. Yeah.
0: All right. Uh, well, that's going to do it for our week sixteen tough calls. Obviously, we'll preview all the games in the next two days. But we do have one to look at right now, and it's San Francisco at Tennessee. Dave, you ready for some Thursday night football? No. no 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 no. I love this game. I think it's so interesting. You feeling this game?
1: Yes. Ah. Uh, I think it's going to be really gross. It, it definitely has gross potential. But, but that's okay. These teams play gross football. You know,
2: and I mean, it, I just—it was just yesterday I was watching the Eagles and the Washington football team, and now tomorrow I've got more gross football.
1: Yeah, maybe. I right. would use gross football with bad football. It might be gross for fantasy, but I think it could still be a really amusing game. So to simplify it, sit the quarterback. It would be an amusing game if my opponent
2: has players from this game. <laughs> well.
0: But that's the thing, you know, Debo is a must start and Kittle is a must start. The running, the running backs are really interesting.
1: Um, It comes down to who's available for San Francisco.
0: So which running backs do you like in this game?
1: Mitchell, if he plays.
2: Yeah, I just like the thing is, because his practice participation today, yesterday I think it's all estimate at this point. I'm not sure San Francisco State even having any real practices this week, but was DNP. Yeah. Um, so, I don't think he's practiced in two or three two weeks, right? I'm not sure, but that he was in the sense. concussion protocol before before last week's yeah, game. That makes sense. Um, so I don't know, like if. We find they say he's going to be a game time decision. So we find out at seven o'clock when the inactives come out that Mitchell's active. We just expect he's getting the full workload.
1: I think it's fair that he might not, but yeah, I he should still get the majority. I would think so. Um, but he had
2: the knee injury. Um, that's only half the problem. We got the number one
0: team against running backs in Tennessee. Yeah. And if you buy their run defense, then you should look at what Elijah Mitchell has done in other tough matchups. Now, this is subjective. These are sort of my opinion on what was tough matchup at the time, so you can disagree with that. In week two, he faced Philadelphia. They started the year as a great run defense, and he had 17 carries for 32 yards. He faced Indianapolis midseason. This was his best game against a tough matchup. 18 carries, 107 yards, and a touchdown. He faced the Rams 27 carries, 91 yards. He faced the Seahawks. They do have a very good run defense. 22 carries, 66 yards and a touchdown. So, yards per carry wise, it was pretty bad. It was 3.37 or less in 3 of those 4 games. He did score in in a couple of those in two of those 4 games. Um but yeah, I mean I I don't he's not the he's not the slam dunk that he would be in a normal situation, I guess, obviously, for Elijah Mitchell. So, I just wanted to bring that up. And uh, and he wouldn't be. And on the other side, the, what you love about the Titans is they've been trailing recently and they're still running the ball a ton. I mean, they haven't gotten away from their philosophy, but the the Niners run defense has been terrific for about two months now. So who's Mm -hmm. the best running back in this game?
1: If Mitchell plays, he's the best running back in the game. If Mitchell doesn't play Foreman's the best running back in the game, but I still don't love him that much. I think you'll start him as a number two running back and hope that he can come through with another game with 20 touches like he's done two of his last three games. But he makes me nervous. He's totally dependent on that game script. The 49ers, you mentioned it. They shut down Dalvin Cook to a pretty good degree. Mixon and Cordero Patterson. That's all within the last four weeks. Two rushing touchdowns in those past four. Only 100 total yard game. That went to Dalvin Cook. I will admit that they're in a tough spot, though. Playing on the road on a short week late in the season ain't easy. So I I can't expect them to play the same way in this game as if it were a Sunday afternoon game at Levi Stadium. So that gives me a little bit of hope with Foreman. But Foreman also only played 40% of the snaps for the Titans, was splitting. McNichols is working as that third down guy and the two-minute guy. And Hilliard started the game. So I, I there's still confusion about how they will roll in Tennessee, and that just makes me a little queasy to rush Foreman in the lineups and say must start type of guy.
0: Would you start Deontay Foreman or AJ Dillon? Foreman. <laughs> I
1: have I have Foreman one spot ahead of Dylan right now in non PPR. Would you start Foreman or Saquon Barkley at the Eagles? Barkley. Saquon.
2: Both Foreman. Really? Uh um, yep. I, I I think Barkley might be top 15 for me in PPR. Uh,
1: he's he might be around there for me in PPR. Might probably closer to top 20 in PPR. But it's if another it, like it's kind of it's kind of the DJ Moore argument. I agree when it comes to Saquon, he's mm. going to get a bunch True. of targets. To a degree I agree. But There's still a, some things that Saquon's doing that I don't like. It's only but. PPR though. What what about non or half PPR? Yeah, it's closer. I'd go Foreman because
0: I think <laughs> the Eagles' run defense has been outstanding lately, and and they have, and you know, I always talk about time of possession. They're gonna have thirty-five minutes of possession against the Giants. This is. Uh, um,
2: I still have Saquon over Foreman, but it's like back to back and yeah, on. I, th- I the problem for the Eagles is
1: a very short week. Yeah, I guess so. The good thing for the Eagles is the Giants. <laughs> uh, I know, but the the short week thing really matters a lot, especially mm-hmm. in December. Okay. These guys are playing a lot of football.
0: Um, all right. So if Mitchell doesn't play, you'd go Foreman over Jeff
1: Wilson. Yeah, I would. Titans have like, allowed under two yards per carry to a running back in three of their last four games. <sighs> wow. Uh, then
0: Brandon Ayuk starter sit, and what about AJ Brown? And Julio Jones.
2: Um, I would like to not have to use either of them to be honest um but I think I've got Iuk 33rd and AJ Brown 34th right now. if we got some type of indication that they think AJ Brown's going to be a full go I would be more interested but we just saw and it's Julio it's different but AJ Brown's injuries over the last three years are piling up in a hurry. We just saw a week ago in Julio Jones first game back he played 40 45 percent of the snaps. So I'm
1: a, I'm worried that we don't see the full A.J. Brown. I'm worried about it too, but I kind of can't help myself here. I think the matchup's okay. They've allowed seven touchdowns to wideouts in their last four games. And that, again, Niners defense traveling on a short week late in the season against A.J. Brown, who I, I agree with you. I'd love to hear about him being full go and looking like his old self. That would mean a lot because now we're talking about a really good receiver with fresh legs, playing against a tired defense. And that just sounds like a recipe for 100 yards and a touchdown.
0: And not only that, they are much worse, it seems to me anyway. Maybe I'll take the word much out. They are clearly worse, though, without Emmanuel Mosley, their top cornerback. Uh, yeah, we've yeah, seen, yeah, we've seen that evidence. So, uh, so Julio is going to be a sit. Or we can't trust him, right? Can't trust him. All right. Tannehill is a sit. I'll get back to Garoppolo in a second. Kittle is a start, uh, obviously. How many pass attempts do you have uh, Garoppolo projected for? 30. Yeah, the problem for IU, I i I'm not even
2: considering Garoppolo in anything but a two-quarterback league.
0: No, but it's it's IU, you know, because the Titans just cannot score lately— Man, they've been so bad scoring points. And when that happens against the Niners, it's just run, 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 run. And, you know, if you don't get more than 30 passes, well, how many targets are you going to get for Ayuk? Six?
1: Is that Basically a, where he's been at. Yeah. Six or fewer.
2: And I think there's, like, you're, I understand nobody's going to do anything except for start Debo Samuel. But I am terrified that he's going to just lay a complete egg.
0: Chris mentioned that he had, even in those games where he was getting one or two targets, three straight weeks, he had still been running a lot of routes. So it was weird. And then last week he finally got back involved. But yeah, you have to start him, right? Just have to. Okay. Uh, Yeah, go ahead. I was going to wrap it up.
2: Go ahead. I mean, there's just, there are situations where I might sit him, but he's not a top 12 receiver for me.
0: Russell Gage or Debo Samuel? Uh, well, let me phrase it this way: Russell Gage or the number two wide receiver in fantasy for this season?
1: Yeah, I would go Gage in PPR. It's bold. You might be kicking yourself for six months if you're wrong on that, though. But I'd here's the PPR thing: up. has way for, more ups. For me, I would
2: be kicking myself if I played the guy who was projected lower, just because I was afraid I'd be kicking myself.
0: Don't nobody, folks, don't kick yourself. It's just not worth it. Uh, Would you start a DST in this game?
1: I haven't even started my DST rankings. I have. Let me go to my Niners. Yeah, I've I've got the Niners as a startable DST. I think the Niners are a startable DST. (laughs) 10-plus fantasy points to each of the past four DSTs against Tennessee. Also five of the past six. Really, ever since Derrick Henry got hurt. A lot of turnovers.
0: And uh, Garoppolo, we do get a decent amount of Garoppolo questions. So would you rather have Garoppolo or Justin Fields at Seattle this week?
1: Fields. I have Fields ranked higher.
0: Garoppolo or Tua?
1: Garoppolo over Tua.
0: Garoppolo or Ben Roethlisberger?
1: I have Ben currently higher. Yeah, that's great against quarterbacks uh, over the last seven games, but. I think game script changes dramatically if Mahomes doesn't have Kelsey and Tyreek. Garopolis Burger. I think you could do something with that.
0: All right, we got about 10 minutes left. Let's talk Dynasty here, and then we'll read your questions via Apple Podcast and email. Uh, Dynasty wide receivers,
2: riser and a faller. Heath Cummings, what you got? Let's talk about a couple of guys who I think are the same age. I knew they I know they were on opening day. They were 28 years old on opening day. They may be 29-year-old wide receivers now. Cooper Cup and Allen Robinson moving in completely opposite directions. No, Cup's still just 28. Um, Cup was a borderline number two dynasty wide receiver coming into the year. Right now, I've got him 10th and make it ninth. Um, I think there's some people who would say he should be top five with the way he's like he's the best wide receiver in fantasy this year. He's also going to be 29 at the start of next year. So we don't know how long the future is, and we've never seen a season like this from him. No, it's amazing what he's doing. (laughs) It's a little perplexing. How is he having this good of a year? It's wild. Um, And then Allen Robinson was a borderline number – or he was actually just ahead of Cooper Cup at the beginning of this year. And I don't know – I don't know where he's going to go, how much money he's going to get, or if he'll even be a number one wide receiver ever again.
1: Definitely true.
2: The best thing that he had done was just be a
0: target hog. I, You know, it's interesting uh, evaluating a player like him because he wasn't a big playmaker. He wasn't uh, incredibly efficient or anything like that. He just kept getting 150 plus targets. And I think the... Thought was, well, his quarterback stunk. I'm sure there was a lot to that.
2: But 100% I, true.
0: Yeah. But maybe he just wasn't that
2: great either. It, it's tough because he has basically at every stop been considerably better than the quarterback he was playing with in terms of like when that quarterback throws, the quarterback's worst throwing to anybody but Allen Robinson. Um, And earning 150 targets per year is a skill. Lots of guys can't get that many targets because they can't present that many opportunities for the quarterback to throw to them. So I don't want to sell him short. He, I still think he was awesome. The problem is this year at 28, he's not really been better than his quarterback play. He's been outplayed by a fifth-round, second-year wide receiver in Darnell Mooney, and now he's going into free agency after the worst year of his career. Maybe the second worst year of his career. 2016 was really awful.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, he's also been uh, most years by far the best receiver on the team. He's really not had significant target competition, but this year, as you said, Mooney outplayed him. All right, so where so where did he end up in your?
2: Where did Robinson end up in your dynasty rankings? Where um, end up? But where is he? <laughs> currently forty, mm. um, and probably forty five once the rookies get put in in February or March. I would guess there will be four or five rookies ahead of him. A landing spot could change that could fix it all. Now give me one. <laughs> I'm trying to think like what's the best place? Um, how about Green Bay? How about ba- as a number two? I don't that would not make me excited at all. Um, but if he went somewhere, with, let's say, a Deshaun Watson who had everything settled and in order and was the number one wide receiver or with a Russell Wilson and had everything settled and was a number one wide receiver. Like, if he could somehow find a way to a truly elite quarterback as the number one wide receiver, then he's back in the top 30 discussion. But that's it. made a face when I said Deshaun Watson.
1: Yeah, I, I think it's top 30. And that's it. Like if he goes to green Bay as the number two receiver at best top 35 ish. If he goes to, you know, everything miracle recovery for Deshaun Watson in Houston, Brandon cooks leaves and Allen Robinson is the number one guy there. Okay. It's never happening, but let's say it does maybe top 30. I don't see myself going back to Allen Robinson as a top 24 guy, but if he goes to one of those spots, like
2: lands with one of those good quarterbacks, he's a good month away from being back in that conversation.
0: Mm -hmm. Well, the problem with Russell Wilson though, is that there's just, the giants have too many receivers
2: as it is. So I don't think, you know, (laughs) I thought they had to send Tony in the Wilson (laughs) deal last night.
0: Oh, that's fine. That's uh, goodbye. Uh, all right, boy. I've turned, I've really turned on Kadarius Tony, huh? Uh, Apple Podcast questions. We got from the man, one, two, three, four. I'd like to hear your thoughts on a two week long playoff matchup and how you, how you would approach it. Would you load up on more high ceiling types of players in the first week, like Gabriel Davis and Alan Lazard? Or would you prefer a safer floor, like Stevenson or Jeff Wilson? See where you stand heading into week two. And if you're trailing them, maybe take the boom bust shots. Or do you just play your best guys?
1: I typically recommend playing your best guys, it just makes sense. It's easy to do, and then you do that in the first week of the two week playoff. Second week, you need to add some boom bust. Got to take some chances. You know what you got to do. I like two week playoffs, but unfortunately, the fantasy
0: football calendar doesn't really work for it because week fourteen has buys, and week eighteen you don't want to be playing in. But I su- I suppose you could do it in a in like but, a ten team league.
2: I I, I think. Like because there's a lot of different places where there are playoffs with buys. And I just like I know why that bothers people, but it's not surprising anyone. If you're in one of those leagues on draft day, you're drafting knowing that there are players on buys during the playoffs.
0: And Scott Fish does it really cleverly, right? And he he gives you the average of your first thirteen weeks plus whatever you score in week fourteen. That's that's a way you could do it too. Which makes sense because, you know, if you had Jonathan Taylor, you had a, you've had an advantage on everyone through the first 13 weeks. You have not had a bye for your best player. So you should, you know, you should have to deal with that in some fashion. But not, not having him for a playoff matchup seems a little harsh. Not having, you know, anybody for a playoff matchup seems... I don't like it. But As, it,
2: as someone who drafted some Travis Kelsey, I would agree with you. It seems unfair. <laughs> let's do something about it. All
0: right, let's do some emails from Rob. Dear Dancer, Prancer, Vixen, and Comet. I know them. Hamsters. Yeah. I have two flex and a super flex spot. Pick three in PPR, tight end premium. All right. Remember, it's a super flex spot and two flexes. So Cam Newton, Pat Fryermuth, who currently has a concussion, Christian Kirk, Gabriel Davis, and Brandon Cooks.
1: I think the easy answer is Cooks and Cam. I think you need three. You
0: get two flex and the super flex.
1: I need the names again.
0: Sure. Cam, I'm going to say no Friar Muth because we're not expecting him.
1: On his second concussion of the year.
0: Cam, Kirk,
1: Gabriel Davis, and Cooks. You need to sit one. I'd sit Gabe. I think I've got Kirk ahead of Davis. So I agree. Okay. From Eric,
0: dear Rick, Arn, Ollie, and Tully.
1: Those are some men.
0: Who are they, Heath? Dave just said it. Some what? The Four Horsemen. Oh. Okay. Good thing I didn't guess. (laughs) Mm. Uh, Full PPR. Pick two running backs and... What? I would have liked that. Yeah, I bet. Pick two running backs and two flex. Jonathan Taylor, obviously. So then we need one more running back and two flex. Zeke Jacobs... Jamar, Chase, Debo, Samuel. (laughs) So I'm sitting
2: one of these guys? Uh,
0: You're sitting... Okay, pick a running back. Zeke or Jacobs? Jacobs. Now pick two flex. Zeke, Jamar, Chase, and Debo.
1: I'm sitting Chase. I think I'm sitting Zeke.
2: Yeah, Dave. Woo! That's it, Zeke. All right. You guys are simpatico today.
1: Yeah, I know. Well. No, it's bad for Adam. It's Kane's thing. Uh, hey. Dave-em.
0: Say, oh, sorry, Heath? dave him. dave him. yeah. Or dave, dave Razor could do that, too. Hey, dave Ra- dave? Ralphie Flick, Schwartz, and Randy. Is that a Christmas story? Yes. I mean, that is such a bad movie it's we got to get it out of the christmas rotation it's uh, there's so many better christmas movies okay 12 team ppr superflex pick one devin singletary brandon ayuk james conner
2: pick one
1: i think i'm picking conner
2: i would uh, right now i would go conner um but let's see how the the injuries progress um i'd go singletary over ayuk And how about
0: Devarn Nova? 14-0. and PPR Superflex Dynasty League. All right. He needs a Superflex. Let's see. What does he need? Kirk Cousins, Carson Wentz, or Tyler Huntley.
2: Who do you like? Four point per passing touchdown. Huntley. Huntley, if there's no Jackson cousins if there is jackson
0: and christian kirk antonio gibson ronald jones or van jefferson in ppr who's your flex kirk gibson jones van jefferson
1: i i would go gibson which jones ronald ronald i think i've got i think i have gibson over jones okay i think one
0: more here from andrew I have a few tricky calls going into the semifinal. It's a standard scoring league. He's got Mixon and Pirine, Kamara, Connor, and Jeff Wilson. Pick two of them. Mixon, Kamara, Connor, Wilson. Or Pirine. Kamara and
1: Connor. Um, Over Mixon? Yeah, I'm not, I'm not loving Mixon.
2: Non PPR, you said, right? Yes. I'm going to, I got, I would go Kamara and either Mixon or P. Ryan.
0: And then two wide receivers, Keenan Allen, Amari Cooper, and Brandon Cooks.
2: Sit Cooper. Same.
0: And then a flex. Cooper or one of those running backs, Mixon, Connor, Wilson. Non PPR. Connor.
1: Might go with one of the Bengals running.
0: Yeah, down, so. all right. That makes it easy, right? So it's Kamara, Mixon, Connor, Keenan Allen, and Brandon Cooks. Cool. Good stuff. Good show. Good food. Good friends. Good conversation. And thank you, Dave. I got to laugh out of Dave. There we go. Dave and I was with an inside joke. Dave Razor, everybody. Uh, for Heath Cummings and Dave Razor, I'm Adam with Ben Schrager. We'll talk to you tomorrow on Fantasy Football Today. The start or sit for the AFC Home Games. Have a great Wednesday, everybody.
1: New CBS Sunday.
2: You collect rewards, right?
1: This is how I make my living. When something is lost, everyone's looking for something. He finds it.
0: You strong swimmer? So-so, so-so.
1: So-so's okay. Ah!